What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And as a reminder, my band Run With It is dropping their next single, their, our, our, our next single, not theirs, it's ours, all of us together, are dropping it February 21st, that is Wednesday, February 21st, our next single called It's Not Over is going to drop, so make sure you guys keep a lookout for that. We'll have links once it comes out, and in the meantime, make sure you go check out all the music we have up on the different streaming sites out there for you. You can go to runwithitband.net or follow us anywhere at Run With It Band, at Run With It Band. Now for today's episode. Today's guest is Ivory Blue. Ivory Blue is an alternative singer, songwriter, producer, whose music is passionate rock with a dash of pop hooks and a healthy dose of swagger. As a transgender artist dedicated to breaking down barriers and defying state conventions, Ivory attracted attention for their courage and music while living a nomadic existence until settling in Kansas City, Missouri and becoming part of the local music community. In this episode, Ivory shares their story from navigating homelessness and physical challenges to finding a supportive space and thriving. They also open up about their journey as a trans woman and the power of others seeing you as you see yourself. We'll also be digging into the process of songwriting, content creation, and the real struggles artists face while trying to keep it all together in this whole crazy music industry. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Really well, hey, cool. You sitting in your studio, I, I want to jump into several things today, um, sure. but with just the background looks great for those just listening, go find the clips online because uh, it's just a cool vibe. But I'm curious about your process, because as a band, we are like deep in the songwriting process right now. Cool. And you are you're writing the songs, you're producing it, you're doing all the things. So what yeah. does it look like for you right now? in in that process like where do you start what is there do you have like timelines from the beginning yeah i'm just curious about your current process right now for creating songs um from the beginning yeah like from say like, say yeah. you get that first inception of a song whatever it yeah. is and then yeah. how do what does that process look like for you to take it from oh. start to finish um usually i just write an emotion you mm -hmm. know and then the song kind of comes into play and the lyrics kind of come after the first loop sort of thing is made. Uh -huh. You know, I kind of have like so a you drum. get like a musical bass essentially. Yeah, I get a musical bass. Okay. And usually, I record the chorus first because I want that to be the catchiest part of the song. Right. And if it catches me right off guard, I'm like, oh, I'm totally gonna do a verse. You know, and then I'll do a verse. And then it turns into a whole song. So, and then I bring Clarcha in and she usually is like, gives her two cents, a hundred cents, basically. It's like a whole dollar. And she really explains what needs to change. Um, like if the song's too slow, you know, speed the song up. Right. If the song's too high or too low, change the key um definitely the tempo thing like i'm terrible with tempos because when i write i write really slow the emotive um, process kind of deal the tempo the tempo yeah. i mean well like, no i meant that, is it does yeah. that help with 
with the emotion of that song, yeah. you know, typically, cause I know like I'll sit at my piano and just sit there. Like we, we just did a song that's like at one forty, but I, I was probably playing it on piano for the demo at like 95. Cause I was like, I'm, right? I'm in my feels. I'm, exactly. I'm feeling this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And some of the songs stay that way. And we get to the mixing process and we ask the mixing engineer to speed it up mm -hmm. sometimes because it just doesn't have that vibe that we're looking for. But also, it could also be the fact that we're listening to it so many times wow. that it's like, <laughs> we, we want it sped up because it's so slow to us. Right. You know, so she she usually knows how fast it should go and what the key should be and whether the bridge needs to change. Usually the bridge always needs to change. I am terrible at making bridges the first time around. So I feel you. There's, I just yeah. sent this meme. Let me find it real quick. It was a meme about bridges because they always seem to be our nemesis as well. Oh, I yeah. I, I wonder if I can even find it here. Oh, God. It probably won't even translate on audio. Once I find it, I'll, I'll message you. Because <laughs> okay, it, like it, it's like you go through that whole story and then all of a sudden you get and you're like, it feels like there needs to be a release. Yeah. What the, what the fuck do we do now? You know, kind of deal. Like, do you go bigger? Do you go soft? Do you right. go more rhythmic? There's like so many things you can do. But, you know, like one of my, um, I, I like bridges that have like a really cool, um, like vibe to them, like with vocals wise, uh -huh. like you have a whole stack of vocals and it's not in the actual song. The hook is in the song, but then the bridge is like a kind of like, Shake it up by is that the song by Taylor Swift? Is it called Shake It Up or Shake, or shake, shake it, it Out? Or Shake, shake it, it Off. Up. Yeah, Shake It Up. Yeah. Like where she just starts talking, mm -hmm. you know, Bridge just continues on like that. Like it's totally right. different than the rest of the song. So I'm a really big fan of that. I like it when this uh bridge is totally different than the rest of the song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really and, hard to and often that that can help because sometimes it's like goes on and on and then all of a sudden now you're ready for that hook to come back. Yes. Exactly. Now, it's, are you writing with other people as well, or is mainly Clarcha is the only other like input at that point for you? Um, I usually write alone. Okay. Um, I'm in my studio. I, like I said, it starts off from like a loop and stuff like that, and it just builds. Right. And that's usually yeah. But um, I'm really looking forward to collaborating more. Like I would really like to collaborate with some artists i think that'd be cool so yeah, i i am in a yeah. season i've always written alone yeah uh, throughout my whole life and now just like dove yeah. full on in the collaborative process and it actually is really fun it's a little weird at first yeah like there was a few times there was like a co-write where i was like this is weird and i don't know how this works and you know <laughs> and and eventually yeah now i'm loving it and wanting to do really more and more as a band we're doing collectively currently oh, but yeah that's great yeah. but then like so all five of us will be there you know kind of shaping and forming uh, kicking out ideas uh, but even looking to do like I'm talking to some even country writers like a world I don't even normally live in looking just sitting there because it's like every time I'm learning something fresh and so right fresh and new you know yeah. um, so Clarkson actually have some songs that we've written together oh nice um, I didn't realize she did that. Yeah, she writes. 
Okay. Yeah, she she is a really she went to school for it. She went to really? school for composition, so she plays oh. piano. She goes to her side of the side of the uh, studio, and there's like string instruments and you know really cinematic stuff. So she mm. does. She's looking to release an album here pretty soon, like once she gets around to it, and she will. So just support, you know, get everything going, and it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be really cool. I'm really excited to hear it. Well, and I thought she lived more just in the the business management realm. So that's that's yeah. really interesting to know she had that composition background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. I love the first time I got to meet you and Clarcha in person. We're out mm-hmm. in I don't know if you remember this out in Asheville, North Carolina. Yes. Uh, have a dinner yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. And it was hilarious because I've been following what you were doing for a little bit. But for some reason, just never connected in Kansas City. I think you guys Snapchatted, snapped us or something. Yeah. And next thing you know, we're we're out at dinner in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm like, this is oh. hilarious. This is the first time yeah. <laughs> we meet. I think we saw you play. It was random, right? Like, yeah, we, we so we had a day off from our tour. And we kept asking, yeah. like, along the tour, we're like, we have one day off. Where should we go? Everyone said yeah. Asheville, North Carolina. Right. And so we just popped in there. We were doing street performance. And, and we uh, walked by, didn't we? Was it that? And Did then we walked by? I maybe. At I, some, I can't remember if by. you guys snapped us or walked by and then snapped us. I don't remember exactly yeah. how that happened. But just annoying the crap out of me right now. It's all good. Yeah. What does uh what does touring look like for you right now after um, with the release coming out and everything? That's gonna be that's gonna happen. Yeah. We're gonna do the tour um working with james carter with that um from you found music um uh some things are in the works with that um thinking about doing going to nashville you know um seeing some of the things over there probably do like an acoustic thing um and bring my other stuff too just in case yeah kind of that bring everything just in case do the full on thing yeah. So that should be fun. That should be really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so slowly, that's... slowly in the works. Now mm-hmm. with the touring and everything, which is interesting because Kansas City's home for you. Uh, but mm-hmm. before Kansas City, you live this nomadic tra- mm-hmm. you know, traveling lifestyle. What what did that journey look like for you to to end up, you know, that nomadic lifestyle to finally end up here in Kansas City as home? Yeah, that was so I first called home um, Washington, Indiana. That was my place of uh, residence for a really long time till I was 15. Um, I got adopted around like nine years old and uh, left my home at 15 years old and then started being more nomadic and living with friends and stuff like that. So I never really had a home, um, just kind of living couch surfing, you know, Yeah. which you know, which we'll probably do next year. <laughs> but uh, it's like, you're it's like, I'm doing blood. a different form of it now. Yeah, it's in my blood. So um, when I was in Oklahoma City, I got a call from Clarcha. Um, she asked if I wanted to come stay with her and her family. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good. You know, and this was the time I was living in a hotel and I was, you know, basically squatting in a hotel. Oh, okay. Um, like one of my friends worked there and I was hiding. They're like, hey, we got this room there. in the back. 
just yeah no this is a nice setup room kit. oh okay <laughs> <There's> <laughs> a holiday they hooked you up They're like breakfast yeah, in the morning <laughs> yeah my friend because he was able to stay at the hotel so he kind of hid me in the room okay and then later on like everybody started realizing that I was coming in and out, you know, being like, okay, there's this person that's, you know, not signed in that's coming in and out. So they found out about me and I started doing work around there. I started doing like the towels, started sweeping okay. the parking lot. So, you know, earning my stay. And um, we went That's into... really cool that, that someone would have the foresight, like to say, hey, yeah. you're doing this. Well, why, why don't we get you to chip in and then we can exactly Get on the level i dig that yeah. i dig that there's people yeah. out there like i that. i really appreciated it so that was that was really cool but then i moved to seattle and after um i moved there i started being on hormones without a doctor's supervision mm -hmm. and that was really scary for me because i was like on too much you know because there's this thing called um spiro where it lowers your testosterone but it's also a blood pressure lowering medicine oh that sounds like so that could, that part could be not things. so fun <laughs> yeah that's i was taking two times a dose i was supposed oh, wow. to and it was making me dizzy and i was like am i supposed to be feeling this way you know is this what you're supposed to feel like and my friend's like no you're not supposed to feel that way and I was like, okay, well, this is not good. And then I got a friend that called me and said, you're going to hell for doing what you're doing. And so oh, that's I always helpful, scared. super helpful. Yeah. So I got scared and then called Karsha and was like, you know what? I'm not happy here. I really need somewhere to stay. It's either that or go back home to Washington, Indiana, you know, which right. I have friends in Washington, Indiana that, you know, I give shout outs to and, you know, they're still my friends. But my family, you know, I don't know where we stand. You know, we're just right. kind of like not really talking to each other right now. Um, but uh, disclaimer, my real folks, my real mom, we're cool. You That's know, good. We're, we're good. So don't want her to mistake that for, for my foster family. And I got on a plane two days later and I arrived in Kansas City. And I was like 118 pounds. Oh, wow. I was really skinny. Um, like, Was that mainly from the medication and the hormones no. or that's just stress in life? That was stress in life and me not eating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just wasn't eating. Um, it's I also had a really high metabolism. So that kind of went hand in hand. Right. So, both of those things made me really skinny and I was like not eating. I remember the first time she made her awesome dish, chicken balabon, and it's a Belgian dish and so, so good. You should have it when you come over. Um, and I say when, cause yeah, it's going to, we got to get right? a co-write going. So we yeah, do the collaboration. <laughs> yeah. And have some chicken balabon. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's really good. And the first time I had it, I didn't like it, you know, cause oh, okay. my, those were totally different and right. so it took me a while to call this place home but after a while like it just it happened you know i fell in love with the family the van Lou's, and you know they accepted me and i accepted the industry in kansas city you know everybody that's been working hard just like me and we i don't know that's the rest is history <laughs> that's awesome 
Now for mm-hmm. you at 15, when you left your home, was that part of transitioning or no. was it, that was that just was a me. whole other piece? Yeah, that was, that was me running away because my mom and I never, ever got along. I got you. Um, she, she, the last thing she said to me was she wished she adopted my brother instead of me. Oh, wow. So she said that to me when I was in a really hard place. And it was snowing outside, like there was a huge blizzard going on. And I was like, I'm leaving. And she's like, oh, you come, you're never gonna, you're never gonna be able to come back. And I was like, good, you know, and <laughs> I'm, you know, it's, you know, it gets sappy after that. But yeah, it's, right. yeah. No, that's, that's a heavy thing. I, it's, I mm-hmm. can imagine, I can only imagine to hear from someone who's supposed to, you would think love you unconditionally. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. I was a hard child to get along with. I mean, I, I re I regret how I treated everybody. Um, mainly my parents, because I was a bit of a rebel, you know, I smoked cigarettes and you know, and <laughs> smoked a little pot and you know, I was I was no fun to be around if you were a straight laced person, I guess. Right. And, you're um, you're pushing the edges for people in Indiana. Yeah. Yes. That's really all you had to do. <laughs> I mean, like, there wasn't much. The, the line is have, like, they didn't have like places you could go when you were 15 to go and just hang out like an arcade or something like that, you know? Right. Which, you know, we didn't have anything like that, which I'm not a big video game person either. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, what are you going to do with the time that you have? And I wasn't able to really go anywhere anyway. Like, I was right. grounded all the time. Like, from grades you know like mm. if i got like a c you know i got like grounded and it was like it was ridiculous and you know so i try to get like a's and b's you know right be a smart one and <laughs> uh everything got better after i left and you know it it's probably the best thing i ever did for myself to be honest yeah not telling anybody to run away from their home like right. try to work you know and stuff like that i tried like I'm not, I'm not the poster child for running away when you're 15. <laughs> so, it wasn't just like it, it wasn't an immediate fuck off kind of deal where yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, there's that some level want to say fuck off. But then I, I have so many friends with stories similar. Obviously you have a different trajectory um, just in your own unique journey, but this story of a family that they grow up in that just yeah. cannot come to terms with who their daughter or their son is as a human yeah. being. Yeah. And, and then to see how that wedge gets driven in deeper and deeper. And, and there are beautiful stories. I know where, where families did come around and those are beautiful, but unfortunately I know way too many where it becomes so toxic to stay yeah. in that relationship, that kind of a, a divorce, if you will, like removing yourself fully from that situation becomes really almost the the only healthy thing you can do or else you're almost allowing yourself to be tortured you really are yeah you're allowing yourself to be almost like forcefully changed when you're not changeable you know you're not changeable like there's nothing like i wasn't ready to change yeah like there wasn't i wasn't going to be the perfect child or anything like that like there was never that was never going to happen so that was something that I really had to learn was that, you know, they gave me hard love. I gave them hard love back. 
Yeah. You know, it is interesting like, how often the energy we throw at people is the energy we'll get back. And we may not, we may not like that energy anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually came back though. You what? I back. You did go back? I went back. When was I went this? The um, 2012. Okay. Maybe around there, right before I started recording my album for Ready to Get Set. Um my EP. Wow, I didn't I mean, know this part of the the story. Yeah, yeah. I was. I went back, and everything was cool. Hmm. Like I had their open arms, you know, loving awesome. me, and like they accepted me. It was it was total change, yeah. and no apologies. You know, just swept <laughs> it under the rug. You know, that's come. Sometimes you have to do that. Right. And um we we were good um i was talking to my brother who was living um well he was living in town too but over time like as i started transitioning mm -hmm. we just split they stopped calling me you know and this, this was we after that that time you went back yeah. if i understand okay this was after yeah. So I'm not really sure what happened. You yeah. know, I'm not really sure what happened. Like, I don't know. It seemed like I was trying to make amends. So I did. But yeah. now I still want to write a letter, you know, and be yeah. like, hey, are you know, you still there? You know, right. And it's just something that I just am kind of procrastinating to doing. You know, is it a, a part for you? Is it a part of just needing to get to a place of being ready for that, or is it is it kind <laughs> of? I, I, I'm curious. I think uh, I think it's. I think I'm not prepared to get no answer. Oh damn! That's you it. know, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what I'm not prepared for, is no answer. Um. Any answer would be great, you know, right. but no answer like would be devastating, you know, but they're getting older, you know, they're, they're getting older to the point that I'm not going to be able to ever talk to them again. Yeah. But, um, so I have to do the letter, you know, you know, I have to do it at some point in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know we did an interview for a, a previous series that the band had back in the day, uh, Art Can Change the World. And one thing we had talked about that time was that you, because I, I actually had talked to Clarcha because I was like, I wanted to make sure I was getting pronouns right because I wasn't quite sure like where things were for you. Like it seemed like you were transitioning, but again, I didn't know. And yeah. you had opened up in the interview about you had purposely kind of kept your transition ambiguous at that point. Yeah. But then you oh, were my. finally at a place where you felt ready to begin to present more feminine. And, right. and for me, this as like a, you know, cis straight dude, like this is a different, that's a different world, you know, than right. what I yeah. understand. So I'm curious if you would now, since, you know, a few years removed from that conversation, what has that mm -hmm. transition been like as you have began to embrace your femininity um, and move forward? Like, I guess, fully in transition, if I'm saying weird 
wrong things, yeah. let me know. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, like to to go like full on into your transition um, yeah. in no, as a I, feminine presenting person. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting. Like uh, I still you know have yet to work on my voice, um, which I'm a singer, so I that's really hard to do. I bet. It, your voice um i can do my speaking voice but i can't do it in front of people yeah. that's that's the hardest part because it feels like i'm singing without music hmm. um and i never liked singing in without music in front of people like that's why i hated the american idol audition and stuff like that because it was right. like you know like oh my god you got to sing without music what kind of shows this and it just feels different to me to do that. So I still have my low voice. Um, I get I get red as femme. Um, people say ma'am and stuff like that. So it makes me feel really good. Um, it's, you know, but as soon as I speak, you know, I become ambiguous. Right. So um, it becomes something of a problem for me, you know, I like not it. because other people have a problem with me but because i have a problem because i'm not presenting the way that i want to so i i still need to work on that but once i do that then i think i'll i'll be good and then i'll continue doing other things mm -hmm. and for you is it is even like with the voice piece is is it mm -hmm. a thing of you sense this thing inside of you in the struggle yeah. it sounds like some of that is just hard when people don't see that is that mm -hmm. Is that simply because you of the desire to fully live out of like what you were experiencing inside? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. It's, I want to experience that. And I want to showcase that. So I want people to be seen. I want people to understand that that's what they're seeing is what I'm seeing myself as. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Like it, it's more like without making it confusing, I want people to see me how I am, you know? Right. So regardless of my voice or anything like that but we live in a very binary world mm. you know um it's you know most people see things as binary so they see things as one or the other and mm. i wanted to like when i was non-binary like i was presenting non-binary i wasn't presenting non-binary i was not binary i was presenting androgynous right so and that was I, when we initially met and that's yeah. where but what's really interesting is like over the years, even, even when I hear your voice, I just see mm -hmm. you now as a woman. Like I, I feel mm -hmm. like the femininity and I'm, I think in the music world, there's a lot of women I've met, um, that whether biological or trans women, what, whatever mm -hmm. the terminology, yeah. um, that have lower voices anyway, just because of the right. singing yeah. and the working, you know, uh, and like you see like yeah. Miley Cyrus and she's like, talking yeah. like that, which <laughs> Which I think is honestly amazing. I'm in love with her voice, yeah. talk, talking oh. voice and singing voice. But, um, yeah. but I could, I imagine as people first meet you, maybe there is that challenge. It sounds like there still is that challenge for you. Yeah. Mostly, it, mostly oh, old. Well, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I went to Oklahoma city and you know, I didn't have any problems or anything. It was a really fun time, but we went to go to Starbucks and there were like two little old ladies cute as hell. And they, they looked like I was, I just stole their purse. <laughs> they were, as soon as I was talking to my friends, cause I have no shame, you know, I don't, I don't right. need, I don't feel that, you know, I feel myself and you know, everything's good. 
and I spy a little bit and they're just like you know like a little sneer you they're know like, and, what is this happening right now and you're like yeah what? I'm just being I'm out here being me trying to get a latte and you're I know <laughs> yeah I didn't even think I got anything because I was like I don't want to talk to anybody right now right um so I yeah there's it's been good though mostly good like Clark has been really supportive um Dan's been really supportive the whole family's been super supportive they've always seen me this way but I've always really um not really held back I just wasn't ready you know right. I just it like gender changes sometimes too like mm -hmm. how I felt non-binary I really did feel non-binary you know there was yeah. there was like almost like it's almost like looking under a cover and being like um there's a beautiful bed sheet but you don't see the pattern yet hmm. you know until you shed some light on it right. and once you shed light on that bed sheet you're like oh my gosh there's like flowers oh i guess i like flowers you know <laughs> just, i love that analogy though just like yeah. of seeing like a sheet shining a light and then seeing different colors that pop out yeah there's you're a always, there's a yeah. helpful analogy that uh rick rubin i don't know if you've read that book that he put out the creative way are you familiar with this book rick rubin like, it's like yeah. it's like one of my bibles right now i just i'm yeah. constantly going back to it and one thing that he put in there that was really helpful to me is this idea of the artist as a prism. And then mm -hmm. as you shine a light through a prism, all these different colors come out. And yeah. I think that's something I've struggled with in my entire life is like, I've always tried, I lived a life, uh, very, like, uh, very, what's the word, very focused on like an ideal, like here's mm -hmm. this one singular ideal, singular ideal about myself and who I am and the world and all this kind of stuff. And, but mm -hmm. then I couldn't fit everything else that I was experiencing into that ideal. So it was like just pushing shit away constantly, oh, yeah. you know? And so like, I, I'm, I am now fascinated by analogies that, that show like a spectrum of things. And yeah. so I love that just shining a light on a sheet where it looks clear to you, then we shine a light on it. And here's all these, here's a whole new pattern. Here's a whole new Yeah. Pattern. Yeah. You start thing. seeing different things because you're looking inside of yourself and you're just finding who you are. And that's right. really the journey of, you know, in my experience of being trans. So that's really what it's like. So, yeah. That's insightful. It's really, that's really interesting. As an artist, right? And yeah. you've transitioned as an artist. So you transitioned essentially in public, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I'm curious for you, your perspective of like representation. And so the, I, and the angle I'm coming at is I have some friends who are in the GLBTQ community, but they want to just be known as like a songwriter and they don't, they actually have no desire to like, even like throw it out there, even in interviews, people will bring it up and they won't lie about who they are, but they're just, they <laughs> kind of skirt to another subject. They're like, I don't want to be an activist. I don't want to do this thing. I also yeah. have other friends who are in the, in GLBTQ world, a friend of mine is non-binary out in, um, Brooklyn mm -hmm. and, yeah. and their band is like, is about like, they're like, we want to make music for the gay community that doesn't suck. And that's oh. like, they're just like, yeah. boom, they're turning out there. So for you, yeah. do you, which I guess, what's your perspective of that for you personally? Are you putting yourself out there as like, I am a trans artist and this is, you know, the point of it. 
or is that just a piece of the whole picture for you as an artist? Well, I think I'm an artist that happens to be trans. Gotcha. You know, so um, that the art always comes from me. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, I'm trans and it's going to have some influence, right. my experiences and stuff like that. So if my experiences have anything to do with my art, which they do, then me being trans <laughs> is part of that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And artists that happens to be trans, I think, is the best way to put that. But I do think that I would love for um, my trans brothers and sisters, the non-binary they thems, to um, listen to my music and reflect and understand that where I'm coming from is where they can also come from. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so there is something of a commod, uh, yeah, something of a, of a sister brotherhood, they themhood, you know, kind of thing <laughs> where like a, um, something you want them to, to understand and be a part of, right. you know, so there is that because I because I have this site I go on, you know, it's a trans chat site mm -hmm. and it's support, you know, usually you get some creepers on there and stuff like that. You just kind of have to ignore them. We those and, fools out. Yeah. Get them out. Get them out. And uh, I, sh you know, they've heard my music and one of their one of the interesting things that they accept is that it's music you know mm -hmm. it's just like the music they listen to and they they see the music for what it is they don't see me as a trans artist they see mm -hmm. and they're trans too right you know they're seeing the music first and then they're like you happen to be trans so right. that's really what i'm wanting to do is to be representing in a good way mm -hmm. but also open to um people who aren't trans as well right yeah I mean, it, mm -hmm. well and i listening to your music i there is just such an openness about it uh where i find yeah. myself i find myself in those songs and my journey <laughs> is not cool. that of transitioning you know and so yeah. i think yeah. that's where powerful art can can just do its work you know it's just right yeah just it's coming from the person it's just we are all kind of on the same journey we all kind of go through the same things um just a little bit different because we're right. all different people but we're all headed towards happiness right mm -hmm. we're all we're all looking for the joy we're all looking for that quick fix of feeling good you know and music makes us feel good so we listen to music we we make it you and i we make the music and uh Clarcia makes the music and her daughter and son also make music so nice got music all <laughs> it's around a very musical family <laughs> that's so, a busy studio you're in then <laughs> yeah I, I want them to come in here and you know make music with me um i just have to find the right song you know it's right. um that's that's just the hard part for me is finding the right song and um having a collaboration with with people you know yeah the the collaboration part has been hard for you is is that what you're saying did i hear you correctly yeah, yeah. i think it has because i'm always finding the right song for the right 
person because I don't know if you know right now, but I'm producing. Yeah, we um, had talked a bit about that. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so that's kind of a collaborative effort too. Right. So I'm actually learning to collaborate, and I'm I feel like I'm getting better at it, and um, I have a lot of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's you know the song's already written. All I have to do is like help it come to life. Right. You know, with whatever tools necessary, whatever I've learned over the years. Yeah. Now, how many other artists have you been able to work with now at this point with production? With production, I'm working with three artists at the that's moment. That's awesome. Very mm -hmm. cool. That's that's really cool. Um, are are you able to say who it is yet, or are they they'll still keep it under wraps? I really want to say who it is, but I don't know if they want to. Um, no, I get that. Yeah, because we're working on you know getting the song done, and once right. it's done out, then we can talk about it. I think. No, so, I get it. I'm not sure they might get <laughs> on and be like, "You should have mentioned me." And it's like, "Yeah, I know." They're yeah. like, "Whoa, what, what were you thinking?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, as a trans woman, um. Have you found that your transition as you transition as an artist in public, in the public sphere, I guess, um, mm -hmm. have you found that it is, has blocked you from certain opportunities? Like, do you feel like there's any doors that have been closed because of that or harder to well, open at least? I don't think you would, I don't think I would know. Like, cause um, people usually are, pretty quiet about that kind of thing like if they you know if they're yeah. bigoted or anything like that you know they're they're usually just like no the music sucks you know or something like that you know <laughs> yeah anybody <laughs> who says my music sucks is bigoted right <laughs> right yeah there no, you go <laughs> that's not what i'm saying at all. no um <laughs> i'm saying that you know people could be like you know give an ex tell me something and totally mean something else so I don't know. These I mean, closed opportunities point. could totally be transphobic or something. I don't know. Like I've never, right. you know, I've experienced some um, abuse, like, you know, stuff that's not good to experience, yeah. you know, trans person. So I think, um, I think that is something that I've experienced and that's something I don't like, you know, like more of a one-to-one -one people just being abusive to yeah. you personally. Yeah. Like yeah. verbally, you know, yeah. physically getting into my space, uh, you know, and just not being cool, you know. So, right. um, yeah, that's that's something that's not great. Yeah. yeah. But it does seem like there's so many opportunities that are, are also there for you. So I guess maybe it's just one of those Hopefully. like who, yeah. who, who cares about any potential downsides because there's great right. opportunities in front of you. Um, I know. I'm so lucky. I'm on such wonderful radio stations and um, podcasts and just, you know, um, people's playlists, you know, I was on a lot of playlists this year, which is really That's cool. amazing. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, Starlet Love Child did amazing. Um, that was one thing we're really going to start promoting more for the album. Um, the song Starlet Love Child, we're yeah. going to start promoting that and maybe doing some videos and stuff like that like you all are so good at marketing just you do that so well and uh 
Thank you. I would like to learn from that somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah feel free. We, we, we love that world. In fact, like tomorrow night, we actually have a, a band script writing night. Like we're, it's literally all really? night of just writing scripts for the things we're doing in the January. <laughs> oh, so it's, great. we're, we're trying, I, I appreciate the compliment. We're, we're trying mm -hmm. to learn it. It's like, it's a different language than even because it was our big thing back in the day, back when we met in Asheville. Um, uh -huh. And then we fell off for quite some time and quit, you know, just being a band. And now we yeah. came back and it's and all the things we used to do in the past mm -hmm. don't work anymore. Like the strategies uh -huh. we implemented then do not work now. It's a different sphere. So we yeah. feel like every day we're trying to learn. The principles are still the same. It's just the tactics are. Yeah, it's a different world, different language. Like, it's like you can't do the Snapchat thing anymore. Uh, say that again. You can't do the Snapchat logo anymore. Oh, you can do that. It's just yeah. like we we had strategies of like actively going after um like fans. So we would we'd mm -hmm. we'd figure out like here's these 10 bands that are very similar to us. So we would go try to connect with fans and people were really open to that we actually have fans yeah. that are still to this day supporting everything we do that we got we'll ask them you know when you know when did you start following us and they always point back to that season but now yeah. that kind of like aggressive tactic does not work yeah. and people are like this is fucking weird bro what are you doing we're like right. i don't want to yeah. be fucking weird <laughs> yeah and uh and then, oh go ahead well facebook doesn't allow you to do that right now right you can't like reach out to the fans like yeah I, yeah and, i don't think facebook can at all instagram you oh. still could if you wanted to i just don't oh, okay. we saw no good we saw no <laughs> good thing come from it afterwards okay. where we real quickly we were like oh this is it's weird now no. it's, yeah it's it's weird yeah. um and then the other one was um this content the fact that we were there and just creating content mm -hmm. we, was like good enough at that time yeah. because most artists were not doing it where now right. it's like every time we turn around like one of our friends is putting out a cool ass video this cool ass we're like yeah we gotta step our game <laughs> so it's like just the level of expectation is is higher too it's it so really yeah, I, yeah. again thank you for that compliment because that makes me feel good because i feel most of the time i'm just like what the hell are we doing <laughs> at this moment well, i think um I was talking with um, Alec from uh, Aiming Arrows, hmm. and we they're were doing talking a really about... cool job in their online comment, or uh, online content. So, oh yeah, they. Yeah. The, he was saying he would like to do more, right? So I think that I would like to do more as well. Um, I would like to get to I the point. Some collaborations happening, anyways. <laughs> Maybe so. I we had a show at the mini bar um that was really fun um that uh i want to talk about like uh where how much content you need these days mm. like you need like two posts like on tiktok or something like that you need like a lot of posts on tiktok you need a lot of posts on instagram you you got facebook right. you got all the stuff that you have to do and it's just it's been really overwhelming because i is. i tried to do that for sorrow of child like for the song ghost of light and it was it was hard it was hard it's to work post every day. yeah it was hard to post every day and i have an album i'm mixing 
I have an album I'm working on producing. Mm-hmm. And we also have the album that we're working on promoting, right. you know, so we have all these things that we're doing. So it's really hard to find time to just, and I get ready every day. It's not like, you know, I don't have the ability to make a video really quick, but I, I just need to do it. You know, that's yeah. just like, I need to get my butt in gear and start doing that. No, yeah. I feel you. I've heard, uh, I've heard it said, I think this was said the best. I can't remember who said it, where they said Instagram is now about quality and mm-hmm. TikTok is all about quantity at this oh, point. The way, the way the algorithms are working and the way the the followers who engage in those platforms are mm-hmm. engaging with content. Um, yeah. So like you could basically take like one video and then do 10 videos in one day on TikTok kind of deal, you know? And yeah. I, there's- in one day. Oh I know, God. right? And we're not doing that by any means. Like right now, we're just trying to establish like a baseline of like showing up every single day again, um, just in figuring out our processes. Because I know there's no way we're going to get to 10 a day on TikTok if we don't have a good process without losing our fucking mm-hmm. minds. Um, yeah. Which I want to enjoy this journey. <laughs> so I was like, man, we can't, you know, can't do that at this moment. But mm-hmm. like there's one one uh, influencer that I follow a lot. They put out. 300 pieces of content a week is what what? now oh now you know the thing is though is that he has an entire team of people a videographer they have people uh-huh. who are posting you know what i mean so it's not like yeah DIY. Like stuff and exactly yeah. and and he's very upfront about that he's not but he's like trying to show like okay he's he's operating at this like million dollar level multi-millionaire <laughs> type level yeah but pushing the challenge to everybody else. What does it look like? And, you know, for us, we even like, so for example, we did that. I don't know if you saw our podcast as a group, we did an end of year podcast. And so it's like, it's two and a half hours of us drinking wine, talking shit, and then talking about like songwriting processes and all these other things in the middle of it. And so we're taking that two and a half hour piece of macro content. And now over the next several weeks, it's just going to be chopped up different segments of video. So that's, that's one of the processes we're trying to do. Sorry, I'm, I'm, yeah. these are, these are what my mind's turning on. I apologize if you didn't want to know all this stuff. No, <laughs> but, I do. But yeah, the, that's why, that's how we're trying to get more content is mm-hmm. figuring out what are those big pieces, the very, you know, critical things that we love doing as well. Yeah. I think that's got to be a part of it. Uh, anything we hate doing is like, we're just not going to do it because you can't sustain it. Um, mm. And then just like tomorrow night, we, we were coming back from a show in Des Moines. And so we spent the time planning a bunch. We just brainstormed a, a ton of ideas for all these sketches. Cause we wanted to do something like, like the behind the scenes, but funny sketches, you know, making yeah. fun of like the band world and making fun of ourselves. Oh, okay. And, and then, so tomorrow night, we're just going to have four hours of us drinking wine and, <laughs> and, and writing the actual scripts of this is how it's going to happen. This is where it's going to take place. Uh, these are, these are the ballpark, what we're going to say, but even then I have a video person coming, which it's, it's my son. One of my boys is going to come oh, cool. and he's just going to be taking content while we plan content. And so that'll be uh-huh. a, yet more things we can put out. Um, and then like we'll do one day of WhatsApp. Like behind the scenes, behind the scenes. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like inception <laughs> of BTS baby. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
but then from there, we'll, the next thing we'll do is those scripts we will execute in just one day. So like on a mm -hmm. Sunday, we'll take the entire day with video people and still take a BTS person filming while mm -hmm. we're, while we're doing that even. Yeah. <laughs> but then those sketches will probably post multiple ones and repurpose them. That's one thing I've learned too, is TikTok, you can get away with like, oh, we did this caption for this video three weeks later do it the same video if it performed well and do another caption or repurpose it in just an, a slightly different way to connect with your audience. With uh, the so same that'll video? be months. Yeah. With the same one there there's, <laughs> yeah, that's why I found. So for example, we put, um, we put a chief's thing up on Monday. We played, we played out at the right before the Monday night football game at the chief stadium. Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And so we made content out of that this funny piece of content. We were trying to act really cool, but realized there was a porta potty behind us. We didn't even plan it, but there was just a porta potty in the shot. And I was like, we don't look cool at all. Cause there's a fucking porta potty, <laughs> but it ended up be it's one of our better performing posts on uh, Instagram right now, but we're, yeah. we're kind of putting that in a queue in our brains. Cause we're like, if the chiefs go back to the super bowl, you know, let's, let's repurpose that, you know? And so yeah. in February we can bring it in a fresh way. Hopefully, you know, it's, but those are some of the things we're trying to do to increase our volume while yeah. keeping it, but without having shitty content. Cause there was a time where I was just trying to post, but it was just all like, I, I took a assessment. I was like, this is, I, I wouldn't want to see this. Why yeah. post this? So we just stopped for a while. Yeah. You had your but own yeah. Super Bowl thing going on with the Porter Potty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, people like seeing bands walk by porta potties because yeah, Instagram, they're excited about it. But writing that down, <laughs> it it is a it is a challenging world though. But man, when that it's Alex Hormozzi is the name of the influencer. He's more in the business world. But when mm -hmm. when he said that about like TikToks, about yeah, three three hundred pieces. Now that's three hundred pieces across LinkedIn, Instagram. So it's like oh. it's not three hundred yeah. on each platform yeah. you know right. they might do five on instagram 100 on tiktok and maybe 55 on linkedin you know those kind of things Weak. but some of them there it's just a guy walking with an iphone and he's got a trash bag like on his back and he's like mm -hmm. trying to show people like yeah i'm a multimillionaire, but if i was broke again this is what i would do and he would and he's like just puts himself like in a hallway door knocking trying to get drum up business for his own business as like a multimillionaire and people just following him and he makes it funny. And he's like, see, that guy said no to me. And you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm just going to go knock on the next door, you know, and that kind of stuff. And yeah. it's, it's interesting, engaging, very short. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can talk. Yeah. I, I look, I look forward to talking to more about, and you guys, you being connected with Alec, he's actually going to drum for us. Uh, I in heard March. About yeah, yeah. So crap. he's going to, yeah, he's doing oh, a show yeah. there and he might be doing one other that Daniel can't make. Uh um, yeah. so yeah, we're we I just sent him all four hours of music. <laughs> awesome. For that show. It's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. But that's great. For you, when you think about content, like when you're there in the studio during the day, mm -hmm. is there a way to just have a camera going where you don't yes. even need to think about? <laughs> there is. Oh, okay. There's totally a way. I mean, there is. There's totally a way that I can have a camera going while I'm like in the studio. I could just right. have my speakers on. But you know what I think? I'm like thinking, um, 
I need to get like this cable that goes to my phone so you get the full stereo spectrum, right? Right. You just need you just need the speakers on. Yeah. So people could hear the speakers. Like I'm always wanting to do things like, you know, the best that they can be done, but then I end up not doing them. Yep. Well, and that it's funny you said that because our producer uh, that we're working with, we're headed back to Nashville in January to record two uh more songs. And he was, he knows my tendencies to be like what you're describing, to be Uh very like perfectionist. He's like, at some point, you just got to fucking do the thing, put it out there and let's go, man. He was like, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, all right, let's go. We're just going to start releasing music. That's what we're going to do. And even if it's not perfect, we're just going to end and applying it to the content as well. It's like, yeah. okay. You know, and I wasn't even, ex- I was, I was bummed that that one mic was all jacked up from the podcast, but I was oh, like, yeah. but I got the camera audio and I got one other, or it's a task cam, not a zoom. I'm looking at them right here. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? This is just a moment in time for us. Let's just, right. let's get this out. Let's connect with our audience and, yeah. and just keep running. But I get, I get it where you're like, mm-hmm. I want it to be this crisp and this, you know, Yeah, it's a struggle. Because I'm mixing now, right? So it's like, I have a whole new hat that I'm doing. That's scientist um, level shit right there. It really is. Like it's, you're, you're, it's even surgical. Like you're going in there, you're taking out the frequencies that need to be taken out and compressing things. I'm a preset person. Mm -hmm. And then I tweak the presets to make them work for me. And what I'm getting sounds audible. So I'm pretty happy <laughs> about <start>. that. <laughs> yeah, it's a start. It's better than my demos. So there you go. if they're better than my demos, then that's really all I need to put out and get out into the world. Because it's, it's really about just being as, what is that word? Consistent as possible, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't be too consistent because like isn't that bad too? like to be too consistent like put out like a song like every two weeks or something like you know i think it really just depends on your i think it depends on who you are personally what Mm -hmm. you want your life to look like because are are you familiar with the artist russ at all Uh uh-uh uh he put out a song i want to say every single day if not at least every single week but if not every okay. single day for like three years. The last picture I just saw of him was him standing on stage in an arena in Vegas opening for Ed Sheeran. Oh so my goodness. It has been okay. doing pretty well. Now he, he did yeah. 10 years of work to even get to that point. And then he, right. then he finally just said, fuck it. I'm just going to start doing. And frankly, some of his songs aren't that great, but there's some songs that you can tell like, all the all that i think what it was is the process like he just got like musically jacked basically from doing yeah. the process over and over and then all of a sudden he starts these like songs start coming out you're like wow yeah these are amazing so i think it's from what i observe i think it's more about what you as an artist want to do yeah and what's sustainable for us we're doing every we're going to do every other month currently right Right, because that gives you time to promote it. That gives you time to, you know, get everything organized and everything like that. Like have your, you know, fans get a chance to listen to it. Right. Um, I would like to do like two weeks 
Like, yeah, I think it'd be amazing. I, it's just I, for us, it's not practical right now. <laughs> totally. Like everybody's. You, you might yeah. be able to pull it off though, because of knowing. So for us, we have no one who can mix in the band. We have no oh. one who's in a, we have no one who's an accomplished producer. Like I probably am further down the road than anyone on production. And I'm still like, I don't like the expectation I have for production. I can't reach it. And it's probably going to be a, a hot minute before I get there. I'm working on it, but it's going to be a hot minute. Mm -hmm. um, and so that those are the things that slow us down. Cause like right now we have, I, I think we did 10 songs this year, 10 or we're like at 10 or 12, but the last week, I think we did three. So our process is getting faster where we're writing, 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 writing. I would yeah. love to put it out more. Um, but yeah, it's just not practical for us. But with you being able to mix and produce and do all those pieces, you might be able yeah. to. Um, I might be able to to pull it off, I think. Yeah, um, see, see what happens. <laughs> well, we have, we have like, I wrote like, um, like 120 songs this year. That's and amazing. they they're all like able to be released so i'm able to i just got like really inspired and just started writing like crazy and you know i started listening to more music you right. know into um one of uh clarch's granddaughter's favorite band is uh um what's their name uh imagine dragons yep and you talk about producers, you know, like production. Yeah, yeah like production is high level. So, so good. And I wrote a song that was kind of like that just for fun. Mm -hmm. It was it was called um, Shut the Dance. Who, what was it? Uh, who set it on the damn couch. <laughs> the story behind that is the her granddaughter was like um where's the phone at you know and everybody's like where's the phone at and then she comes in and she's like i set it on the damn couch <laughs> <laughs> so i i looked at i looked at you know basically my nephew and i was like you know we kind of exchanged glances and he was like you should write a song about that and i was yeah. like okay i'll write a song like that so i wrote a song like i said it on the damn couch don't know what you're talking about you know stuff like yeah. so That's random awesome. so, so weird and <laughs> it sounded like something that imagine dragons would do and then after that i started writing like crazy because That's i was amazing. all these different production techniques yeah you know learning and then i got the worm in my ear to start mixing and that's when mm -hmm. things started really happening because i started going and mastering my songs that's with awesome. this AI mastering thing just so okay. i could hear the difference right and we're not going to release ai mastering stuff we have a mastering engineer but i just wanted to hear what my mixes would sound like and it was turning the vocals down so I guess my my mixes were bass heavy. So yeah. they're bass heavy, it'll turn the mix down, it'll turn the vocals down or something like that. Interesting. And I kind of learned that also when you stereo spread too, it kind mm -hmm. of, you know, squishes them down as well. It brings mm -hmm. down the um, vocal. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys, do you do stereo spreading like in the mixing process? I do rough mixes 
I'm I've just explored rough mixes just for demos to send to our producer just so he can get mm -hmm. out a sense because typically we'll have like four different guitar parts and like two keys parts and so I want I want him to be able to hear the spectrum of like what we're thinking but yeah, yeah my I am pretty like first grade level still when it comes to trying to mix <laughs> I would say oh. like maybe third grade level on production and first grade level on uh mixing at this point so but yeah well, I would love hear your your um your demos yeah i'll See, have to send you i show you some of my my demos and we can kind of like you know not compare obviously you know not right. compare but like it's not a contest or anything like that no like, i, I my demos sound like the mixes like my demos are they're just demos like yeah. that's i can't use them like that so i have to put on a different hat and start mixing and that's something that um is really hard and i'm not i'm like at a third grade level with the mixing too so <laughs> now you're it, 100 and you said 120 songs you have one yeah i commend i commend you on that because i think a lot of artists don't understand like when you're working with like like high level artists like mm -hmm. the people we are meeting they're writing hundreds of songs uh you bring yeah. up imagine <clears throat> excuse me you bring up imagine dragons for the album they made with Rick Rubin, uh, mm -hmm. he wrote 400 songs for that album. And so, and, and I don't know if it was a year, I don't know the amount of time, but mm -hmm. basically he was like, I brought 400 songs, fully Holy finished crap. songs to Rick Rubin. And Rick Rubin went through every single one and made notes oh, wow. on every single demo. Yeah. Um, and I was like, damn, like for us, our EP, we wrote 60 songs and chose six, you know? And we thought mm -hmm. we were doing good. But then now the the people we're meeting where I'm like, fuck, we just need to be writing all the time. You know, where it's like this past year we only got, as a band only did 10, I was doing a lot more on my own. But now I, we finally figure out the process where I'm like, guys, now we just need to start fucking writing like all the songs we possibly can. But those yeah. 120, the 120, those are like ready to release 120? They're oh, they're demos. Yeah, they're okay, demos. Gotcha. Not anywhere near what they're supposed to be like. They, they, okay that's why i wanted to you know compare to see where we were to see if we can right. like learn from each other you know oh, i'm down with that to be able to do that because um my mine are electronic drums and i have electronic bass you know they sound totally different because i usually get you know a drummer to play the drums right and you know which is what you do right you get a drummer get to play the feel <laughs> you don't want the bass to play the drums you don't want the drummer to play the bass but you know i have craig q come in for the bass and he was just here the other day and i mixed a few songs the past few days with his bass and it's a totally different monster than it is with my bass right. with the synth bass you know oh, it's yeah. it's different like it's you have those you know the finger plucking you have it hitting against a fretboard yeah you know, it's a different yeah. it's a different push and in fact a lot of yeah. the stuff a lot of the demos we're sending over to josh uh the mm -hmm. producer it's we have synth bass and live bass mm -hmm. like electric bass like cool. mixed in because what we notice <clears throat> that synth bass gets that like kind of like resonance but man, when you add in like our bass player come and put like the bass line over that and you get the this extra push and yeah. we're like, oh shit. Yeah, that feels yep. good. That's, that's awesome. what it is. Well, and I'm looking forward what... to it. I'll, I'll have to 
let, let's connect. Let's figure out some time where we can get together and write, uh, look through yeah. some of those things. Cause like for mm -hmm. me, I want it to be a year 2024 for me personally, I want it to be a year of a ton of co-writing, uh, cool. even out, even outside the band. Yeah. Um, but for, uh, the last two questions of the podcast, cause I realized it's, it's been having such a good time. It's like, we went over that, the typical hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at this time, but the last two questions on there, um, first of the last two right now in your life, how would you define living a great life? Oh my goodness. Like it's family. First of all, um, uh, it's, I feel so loved and accepted, you know, and it's just that to me is such a great life. Like if you can feel loved and accepted and being where you are and even accepting yourself, like that, that to me, for me is a great life that I'm living right now. Like music aside, like that, that right there, you know, family and friends. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's the uh, get a guest, Hank Weedle. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him from Mammoth. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And that's what he was talking about, where it's like he tours with a lot of the bands he manages. And we were just talking mm -hmm. about like all these great things you you experience on tour, you know, yeah. the, the highs of your career. It's it's usually those yeah. relationships that you remember. You know, yes. In, in that community. That's what you write about. Yeah. You you write about those friendships. You write about those relationships yeah. that you've had in the past. You know, you you write about that stuff. So it's really it's such an interesting vibe that it's such an interesting balance that you have to go on tour for so long and be away from, you know, your friends and family. And I never liked on the road songs. Yeah. You know, I never did. You know, there was something missing from them, you know, and it was that family and friends that was missing. It was, uh, it was more of shit the live show and getting the energy from the crowd and stuff like that. It was more worldly based, but it's still, you know, I think the true inspiration comes from your experiences with your family and your friends. That's so true. <laughs> That's, I, I had a season where I was writing. I did two songs a day. It was what I did for like three months. I just mm -hmm. made this challenge to myself. This is several years back. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And uh, I got like two months in, and I just hated everything about writing all of a sudden. You I just did. hated it. I couldn't write anything. I had no ideas. And I called Josh, uh, our producer, who I we work with a ton. And I was telling him, he's like, well, what have you been doing? I told him. He goes, you know what you should do right now? You should put your guitar up. You should take your kids to the park and just yeah. hang out there. And maybe not yeah. write for like a week. And like go out with your wife and like go experience life because you can't create good art without a beautiful life you know yes yeah, yeah. it's all yeah. about experience and i don't go anywhere but but it does you have your i think any what you were saying though i do hear you saying it's this this family unit you have close to you that that provides yes. that that yeah for and you, you know i bet you found that inspiration as soon as you took your family out didn't you oh yeah oh yeah it, that's awesome I love it. Well, for the last question, right now in your life, how would you define creating great things? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, 
that's that's a hard one because you don't know if you've created a great thing until you know it's you know told it's a great thing or to get a grammy or something there it's like you know but if i were to you know like actually premeditate making a great thing i would think it had to be really relatable um uh some of the songs that are great aren't really relatable <laughs> so it's like i don't know i think uh how would you how would you describe it's a good question i ask it all the time but have you ever been asked i i have had people ask me about it i think it changes frequently for me as like as life changes i would say right now i'm in a place where creating great things is less about the thing and more about the process. Oh, and okay. so I am learning. I have always been a driven, like we're going to the top of the fucking mountain. That's where we're going. And right. everyone shut up until we get there. Like, it's just kind yeah. of this miserable grind to the top or perceived top or whatever it is. And I just realized yeah. now in life that kind of sucks and it, it's not fun for me and it's not fun for the people around me. And I think yeah. this really this last year, I think my bandmates a lot of help because they have that mi mindset to enjoy the journey. They work their asses off, but they want to enjoy the journey and they help mm -hmm. me do it. So I think for me, creating great things right now mm -hmm. is really, yeah, it's about having a process that brings me life mm. while seeking after a big goal. Because um, the yeah. big goal is still important to me, but I still want to laugh with my wife and hang out with my kids and and yeah like laugh to where we're almost in tears like with the band and our podcast talking about dumb shit you know <laughs> yeah. I still I still want those things and I I was never oh not never but I think I've I've struggled with that I've struggled to do that in life <clears throat> but yeah I think we definitely have our struggles um my struggle a long while ago was putting my music first and um always missing out on like events that were happening you know they'd go to worlds of fun and be like you know i wouldn't go because i'd stay home and i'd work on a song yep. you know but then i started being like you know what i i really should you know um offer my time in a different way you know because technically we're offering our time with music in more than one way but i think you know I think that's that's really important. So I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's it's really about the process and keeping things real with the people around you. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, I look forward to what maybe we get to create together. I look forward to seeing yeah. which one of those hundred and twenty demos uh, make it out into the world next. <laughs> let, yeah. let everyone let everyone know listening how they can connect with you and connect with your music. Oh, um, you can um, come over to my house and we can party. We can just have a great time and not go anywhere. That's that's always a fun time. But really, you can go to my Facebook um ivory blue facebook uh, ivorybluemusic.com um you can go on my tiktok um you can go on my instagram ivry blue um 
because ivory blue was taken. So ivory blue is what it is. And you can connect with me with my email, um, info at ivorybluemusic.com. I think it's .com, is it? At gmail.com, yeah. Info at ivorybluemusic.com, I think is what it is. I don't, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, info at ivorybluemusic. Well, That's we'll cool. have some we'll have some links in the podcast notes. So, listener, if you're if you're curious on that, go go click on the link in the notes. So, yeah. Well, thank That's you for making the time. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.